Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to The Social Circus, where every week we dive into a variety of topics covering social media, mindset, and how to run your business. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of The Social Circus. I am your host, Sarah Thompson, and today I'm excited to be joined by Marie Robertson-King, who is the owner and founder of Empress of Order. Hi, Marie. Welcome. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. Now, today we're going to be talking about um, all things to do with running a VA or virtual assistant business. Um, And I've got Marie in for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because she's my amazing VA who we've worked with, I've worked with for a couple of years now. Did we decide that? Yeah, about two and a half, I think. Yep. And um, Marie is also a very successful VA. And I wanted to talk to her because I'm certain that lots of you as my listeners are wondering, how do you become a VA? Um, How do you start and create that kind of business? Because it can seem like a very appealing business model, particularly if you're um, maybe a stay-at-home mum, something like that. So I'm going to ask Marie quite a few questions about uh, the secrets to her success. But to get us started, Marie, um, perhaps you could tell everyone a little bit about your background before you became a virtual assistant. I've spent the majority of my career working in large corporations. Um, So since I came to Australia, I've worked for BHP, I've worked in the aviation industry, in offshore oil and gas, and I've also worked in the oil and gas industry, mostly in safety, but also procedures, so writing procedures, following procedures, managing teams, working remotely. And I left my last corporate role, well, Empress of Orders 3, so nearly three and a half years ago now. Um, and that was in that was in the oil and gas industry, and I I was a HSE advisor there. So as I say, working there, I was working with safety statistics. Statistics. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say that word. Right, <laughs> yeah, I know. Writing procedures, um, you know, document management systems, all of that kind of stuff. So I, I've got a very procedural and process driven background. So Marie, tell us a little bit about when you first started Empress of Order, um, you had left your corporate role with with quite a lot of responsibility and a a really intimate understanding of systems and processes. So what was your vision for your virtual assistant business? Yeah, that's funny because the vision wasn't to do systems and processes. The vision was to take a bit of a step back. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd spent, you know, two decades in really full-on high-pressure roles And for me, this was taking a bit of a step back, not having to work in the corporate drone and actually having some ownership over what I was doing. So to begin with, I was very much, I'm going to be a generalist admin VA. I'm just going to take on, take on whatever work I can find. I had been networking quite a lot and I've met a lot of people and the business took off quite quickly. Um, I actually had a couple of clients before I even left my corporate role, wow. um, which was, yeah, which was really good. One of them I knew from my corporate role and yep. she's still a client now. So she's been with me even before I, um, I left corporate. So I was very much just looking to, you know, get some clients and make some money. Yes. You know, I'd, I'd, given, I'd given myself, I said, I'm going to give myself a year. 
I'm going to see if I can bring in a living wage by yes. the end of that year. And if I can, great. And if I can't, I'll look for a job. So I'd worked with lots of um, clients in that first year, doing lots of things that didn't really light me up. There was, I had some great clients, don't get me wrong, and I had some great work, but there was the stuff that I'd kind of taken on because I was like, I want to be fully booked. I want to say I'm fully booked. So I'd taken on, you know, types of work. And then as things got busier, I looked at the type of work that I really enjoyed doing, the type of work that I was really, really good at, and then started niching down into that. So I'm now working with 10 female business owners. I have a couple of male clients that come and go, but predominantly I work with small um, business owners who are female. um, And at the moment I'm supporting 10 small business owners. Brilliant. And And that's very, sorry, a very stable. They've all been with me for over a year. That's so impressive. And so um, can we talk a little bit about, because you said uh, in the early days, as we often, many of us do in our business, you kind of said yes to everything. And I definitely had that experience in my business and I did it for a lot longer than a few months. I did it for a few years of just saying yes to whatever people wanted from me. Um, But I think one of the interesting things um, is that now with your business and and I've certainly because I've been with you for a while now I've certainly felt like you bring so much to my business in terms of your ideas and your systems and your processes um, and just everything that you kind of I mean I could not have got this podcast off the ground without you because when I said to you this was my idea you just kind of went this is what we need to do and it was um, it was really really helpful so that's really it's really lovely to be working with a VA who has those skills but from your perspective um how did you decide what was the work that you enjoyed? Because I, I do feel like you do a fair bit of systems and processes work. Um, is that still okay? I mean, you're very good at it. <laughs> so how did you decide which work yeah. you want to keep and which ones you would let go of? Well, it was just, you know, I like one of the things I let go of was social media. You know, mm-hmm. I, um, I can do it, but, you know, it doesn't really light me up. And there's people out there that absolutely love doing it. And that was part of how I started culling clients Mm -hmm. by saying that social media wasn't something that I wanted to do anymore and I can recommend that they go somewhere else. So I just, I looked at the stuff that I really, you know, that I'd sit and look at my to-do list and what Mm -hmm. was the stuff that I wanted to get on with and get done, you know? And when um, when I'd bring on a new client, and they had no systems at all, I would, you know, set them up in Asana. I would, um, you know, put processes in place, put repeatable processes in place so that their clients were getting exactly the same onboarding. or So when I bring a new client on board, part of that is, you know, if they don't have any systems, I'll set them up in Asana, we'll, um, we'll make sure that all of their processes are recorded so that they can be repeated from there. And um, so that their clients get the same onboarding process or the same process when they come to their business. So that's the kind of stuff that really lights me up. Um, so It's great, for example, when a client comes to me and says, I have this idea. Let's just say, (laughs) I have a client that came to me and said, 
I have this idea. I'm going to start a podcast. And I was like, <laughs> yes, let's do it. Right. This is what we need to do. And, you know, and I, I had something else on my to-do list that day, but I dropped everything and I sat down and I went to Asana and I started <laughs> putting everything in place. Um, I just, this is me, she's talking about everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I just love being organized and I love helping other people be organized. So that's the work that lights me up. Oh. And I, I should have known it because ever since I was a little girl, I used to have like, you know, a shop where my teddy bears would come through and I'd be organizing all the, st- all the cans of stuff and, you know, in <laughs> my till. And then by the time I was seven, I had a typewriter. And, oh my God. You know, so it's, it's always been, yeah. It, it's always the organization, been part of you. It's always been part of me. And this is probably a bit of a personal question, but imagine when you left corporate, you probably had felt a little bit burnt out and jaded by some of the work that you did, which was probably really systems and processes. And yet you found your way back to it, but in a way that really lights you up and that you enjoy. So is that something you thought that would happen or not at all? No, because as I said, I didn't think I would end up doing this. I just thought mm. I would, you know, do some admin type stuff and, and <laughs> yes. help people. But um. I mean, when I left corporate, yeah, I was totally burnt out. I hated it. And I just felt as if nothing I did made any difference. Mm. You know, you're just a number in a huge corporation. Whereas now I have clients where I can, I do stuff, you know, eyes closed, hand tied behind my back. And Mm. they think it's amazing, you Mm. know. So I'm making a huge difference to people's business lives. And that would be definitely be my comment because when I said to you, hey, I'm launching a podcast, what next? <laughs> That's literally what I did in this conversation we had. And you just went away and it was the stuff that I could tell you are so innately good at, but I could have sat there to the end of time and not been able to come up with those systems and processes because that's not what drives me and that's not what gets me excited. And so the value that you bring is so impactful. And I, I would love to kind of just talk about, because I'm sure there's people who are listening that are thinking about starting a virtual assistant business or are not sure what virtual assistants typically do. What would be your advice if someone's starting out or sort of in an admin job and maybe they're thinking about starting their own business? What would be your kind of best advice you could give them? Um, My advice would be, you know, make sure that you are actually as organized as you think you are. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Also, you know, think about what you're good at. Think Mm. about what you can bring to um, a small business owner because typically VAs work for smaller businesses. Um, So we fill that gap between a business owner who's, you know, maybe starting out, they've got enough time on their hands, they can do everything. And then they get to the stage where they don't have enough time to do everything and they need someone, but they don't have an office or they don't need someone full time. So they need someone just to come in and do, you know, things to help them in their business until they grow enough to, you know, take on someone full time or get an office. And I've had a few clients like that that I've worked with for a few years. And then we've parted ways because they needed someone full time. Um, And for me, that that was great. I'd done my job. So I'm kind of going off. That's right. there, but um, Not at all. so if you if you're thinking about coming to becoming a VA think about what you're good at um what you want to do think about taking um some training as well if you think that will help 
if you um, if you don't think you need training, get accredited. I did that. I got accredited by the VA Institute. So you basically have to show them all of your experience and qualifications and stuff, and they'll look at that and actually um, certify you as a mm. VA. Um, and just, yeah, think about, you know, it's great. Yes, you do have flexibility um, in your work hours and stuff like that, but it is still a job. Mm, that's, definitely. That's the thing. It's and one of the job. things one of the things that you touched on, which I think you and I've had lots of conversations with, is the whole concept of working from home. And I think that um, I, like I've worked from home for years now. Um, and during COVID, it was really interesting to see people talking about this whole working from home because I'm like, oh, come on, it's I've got this down pat. But um, I do think that a lot of people imagine that you're going to have this infinite amount of flexibility. Yeah. And you, do, you don't. I mean, you no. do have some flexibility, but I mean, we were just talking before. I'd yes. love to work. I'd love to work four days a week, yes. but I just can't at the moment because I have clients that I am required to do stuff on a Friday. So I'm reducing my hours on a Friday, but I can't take the whole day off. Yes. No, so. And that's one of the interesting things um, I found, like in my business, um, I'm, I'm on the same trajectory as Marie. I'm trying to um, whistle out my Fridays and I've moved from calling them a day after a flexi day now so that I feel less disappointed if I have to work. <laughs> but um, the, uh, the idea is that we obviously start our business with the view that we want better work-life balance or we want to have less of that, you know, commuting and those kind of things. It definitely meets those goals. But we still have accountability and we still have deadlines and things like that. And I think that's one of the things that people forget. And the reality of it is in your own business, if you do not do a good job of delivering on deadlines, you will lose clients very quickly. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. And um, yeah, you're right. It is flexible. And, you know, once you're established, you can actually choose who you work with. Yes. I don't work with anyone now that I don't want to work with. You know, yeah. and you don't have that. You can't do that in a corporate role. You you work no. with who you have to, you know. <laughs> so when you establish yourself, you can actually work with people that you want to work with. And that and I'll, you know, I, I don't work with anyone that I don't want to work with now, which is great. Um, but you're right. You still have accountability. You still have deadlines. So you as a VA, you need to be able to keep yourself on track. You need mm. to be able to motivate yourself to get the jobs done. Because as you say, if you let your clients down, you know, you won't keep them very long. No, no, they're not very forgiving generally. And now I was going to ask you this question and I'm, and I'm in two minds about asking it, but I will ask it because Marie and I have a very much um, a tussle in our relationship over this because um, I was going to ask you what's your favourite <laughs> processes tool? <laughs> as soon as you said that, I knew. <laughs> oh, I'm an Asana girl. Yes. Absolutely. I tried them all. Like when I first um, left corporate before I launched Empress of Order, I spent, I left corporate in November and I launched in January and I spent that whole time looking at systems, trying them out, playing with them. And Asana for me is the number one project management system. Oh. Not only is it, not only is it free, <laughs> I mean, it's free. Yes, there's a paid version and yes, you get more with the paid version, but I haven't um, found anything yet with any of my clients that I'd say, we can't do that because you haven't got the paid version. Mm. Um, 
So for everyone who's listening, um, I use Trello and Marie has been trying. And let me tell you, she's doing a reasonably good job because um, she's trying to move me from Trello to Asana. But I work with my husband and he loves Trello. So I'm in the middle with these two. Um, But with Marie looking after the podcast, she said everything has to go in Asana. So I had to suck that up because she's managing it. So, (laughs) but talk to us about Asana, because if you're you're running, like to be fair, if you're running any business, you cannot do it without some sort of project management tool. And I work with my husband and I sit in the same office as him, which is our fourth bedroom in our home. And he and I still use Trello because we sometimes are too busy to talk to each other, which I know sounds ridiculous. So um, if you think you can run a business without a project management system or tool, I think you'll really struggle. So um, tell everyone, and I will pop the link in the show notes about Asana. (laughs) Okay. Well, I love Asana. And the reason why I love the reason why I love Asana more than Trello is because Trello has one view. And it's mm. what they what we call the Kanban view, which is the cards in the yes. columns. Now I that's great. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. And they have absolutely they have a place. And that is a place for a workflow when things are moving. From mm. so I use a Kanban board in Asana for my collaboration tracker. So when I'm writing a blog post, when I'm submitting it, when it's accepted, when it goes on the website, when I put it on my socials, and I do that. But with Asana, you can also have the calendar view. So you can see things in the days that they're due mm-hmm. and you can drag and drop. And it also has the list view. And I'm a list girl. I'm all, <laughs> I've always been a pen and paper list person. I yes. love just writing things down at the at the end of every day for the next day and ticking them off as I go. Then if I do stuff during the day that isn't on my list, I write it on my list and I tick it off. Brilliant. I love, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a retrospective list girl. I love that feeling. Oh, and I also, absolutely. I, like, I use highlighters. I'm a big fan of lots of highlighters. So I do still use old fashioned pen and paper because something satisfying about that. But if you're, um, whether you're running a business or thinking about starting a virtual assistant business, um, I, I certainly think that there's, if you don't embrace something like that, you're going to work harder. Oh, yeah. I uh, Honestly, I don't know how I would run my business without Asana. Mm. So I have any tasks, any admin tasks that I do for a client. So, for example, I send my clients a report every Friday. That's in my Asana. But then I have access to all my clients' Asanas as well so that they can assign um, jobs to me and we can update that way as well mm-hmm. so I, I think I've got access to like so many Asanas. <laughs> um, now you you are so good at Asana you are slowly converting it me to it so I will c- concede some defeat there I just have to drag my husband along with us but you've done some training and some certifications to go with that haven't you I have yes I'm an I'm an Asana service partner so mm-hmm. I have trained in Asana um and Yes, I have the badge to prove it. Yes. So, and so from your client's perspective, what do you think that means? Like I know that when people see that, they're like, oh, cool, that means she gets it. But what, how, do you, how do you feel like it when you're, I know you, you never have to pitch really because you've always got to wait this. But um, in terms of your client's perspective, do you think that's really helpful to have something like that? Absolutely. I think it is. Um, I'm a learner. I love learning things. So um, I'm a service partner for Asana. I've done um, accreditation for MailerLite, which I mm-hmm. use for my email marketing, but I've also trained in MailChimp as well because some of my mm-hmm. clients have that. 
Um, as I said, I'm certified by the VA Institute as well. So I'm always looking to up my skills and get certifications um, because I think it shows, number one, that you're always willing to learn and people love that because sometimes clients come to me and they have systems already that I yes. have to learn. So if they can see that I do that type of learning, it's probably, you know, okay to guess that I don't mind learning new things. Um, but it but it also shows that I take my business seriously. Mm. You know, it's not a it's not a hobby. Yes. It's um, you know, just because I sit in my library in my in my house doesn't mean mm. that it's a hobby. I take my business very seriously and it's a professional business. So I think and that helps with that. Definitely. And your comments just then, Marie, about being a professional business and taking it seriously. Um, most of your clients, and I, I, I truly appreciate that. And I think um, most of us as our small business, our small business is our baby and we love it and nurture it. And when we bring someone else into our team, like a virtual assistant, we want them to do the same. And so when you see that your virtual assistant's really organized and really professional, it, it makes us feel very confident in the skills. And it makes us also feel like I can, I can say, to, say to you, what do you think about this podcast? And I have confidence that you have lots of skills. And I think that's really an important thing for you to listen to if you're thinking about starting a virtual assistant business is that you really need to, you can be totally flexible. You can work at part-time. You can do what you need to do to fit around your family and commitments. But when you show up, you have to really show up in a professional way. That's really important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't have yeah. said it better myself. <laughs> So one other tool that I wanted to talk about a little bit, because we use this in our business as well, um, is a time tracker tool called Toggle. Yes. 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 I use Toggle. Again, yes. I, I looked at quite a few um, of these types of tools when I was starting out and I love Toggle. Again, mm. it's free. To begin with, I didn't know whether I was going to be bringing in any money. So I was like, right, I need to find free tools that I can use that are going to do the job until I'm bringing in money and then I can pay for them. Yes. And there's quite a lot of tools that I haven't ended up ever paying for because the tools that I'm using do the job really, really well. Yep. So when you're a VA, clients pay for the time that you are working on the job. They don't yes. pay time when I have to go to powder my nose, make a cup of tea, the timer goes on and the timer goes off. And it also allows me to send a report. So part of my um, service to my clients is that they know how many hours they have left in the month. So I work on mostly most of my clients are on retainers. So they purchase their hours up front. Um, mm -hmm. And then each Friday they get a report letting them know how many hours they've used and what I've actually been working on. Mm -hmm. And I think that works really well. I, I, I love receiving it. And I know that um, we use Toggle, um, particularly when we're doing ad hoc work for people, and particularly website work, which my husband does, because it's really, we charge by the hour for that. And it's really good to track that because people sometimes question, did that take that long? But I have to say, as your client, I, I love seeing the Toggle reports because um, I often give you tasks that I'm super bad at, <laughs> that I faff about, that I, it might be a five minute job, but I muck around for an hour doing it. And I love seeing when you've done it, it's like it says 17 minutes. And I was like, oh, that would not have taken me. That would have taken me like two hours. And I always feel like when I see those reports, it makes me feel like I'm really investing in my business by having a virtual assistant because they're using that time way more effectively than I would. <laughs> 
which I think is one of the beauties of a virtual assistant. I'm not paying for an employee. I'm not paying for your, you know, 37 hours a week. I'm paying for the time that I need. And, and that gives us so much flexibility. And I, I love that aspect of it. And from your perspective, um, I want to talk a little bit about um, your retainers and how you worked out your packages um, and how you decided to do that. So are you happy to talk about that? Yeah, sure. That's fine. Yes. Um, yes. So to begin with, um, I played around with my retainers a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, at the start, I had retainers that were weekly mm -hmm. um, and I had three different retainers and it just, it wasn't going very well. I mm -hmm. didn't feel as if I was bringing clients on as quickly as I wanted to. Yeah. Um, and then I was talking to someone at a networking event and they were like, well, have you thought about changing the retainers to make it monthly? Because then clients have more, they would have more flexibility of when they want to use them in the month mm -hmm. rather than being stuck in a week. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. I might try that. So I rejigged, <laughs> I rejigged everything. So I now have um, ad hoc hours, mm -hmm. which obviously cost more than retainers because you come in, there's no, you know, I, you just come in and do a job for you and off you go again. So I have Brilliant. ad hoc and then I have some clients on five hours a month. Um, so they just, you know, small clients. I just do certain jobs for them um, and I do those each month. And then I have other clients who... I work 10 hours a month, 15 hours a month, and my largest client is 20 hours a month. Brilliant. So, yeah. and, and I have to say, um, I, I always admire your business because um, I only came on when you had monthly packages. So I didn't, didn't know you had weekly, which is interesting. But um, one of the things that I would say, and I spoke to you about this, about the maximum hours that you do with a client and I learned this lesson really the hard way in my business. I had a client that was way too big and too much of my income and they dropped off and my business almost died as a result. This was quite a few years ago. And you said to me, you've intentionally structured so that a client, no client gets too big so that it jeopardizes your business. And um, I think that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, 20 hours a month is, I kind of work about a thousand a thousand hours a month oh my god a hundred hours a month and for, for clients yes um so the client that I'm working for 20 hours that's a fifth of my income mm. um but you know on top of that hundred hours of client work I've got to run my business yes know? so I've got to do all my marketing got to do all my socials I've got to do my invoicing everything else that comes with running a business and I didn't want to work full-time. So that's the mm. reason why I keep my client hours to about 100 a month. Perfect. Yeah. Now, um, I want to, I'm, I'm mindful of time, but I do want to just um, talk briefly about, because we didn't mention it in your introduction, but you also offer um, here in Perth um, co-working days. So can you tell us a little bit about those? Sure. Uh, yes, I run co-working days once a month. Um, normally on the third Friday of the month, we hold them in a lovely cafe in South Perth, um, where a small group of business owners get together and we basically, um, well, some work sprints. So we do about <laughs> five, three quarter of an hour work sprints. And then we have collaboration chats in between and we have lunch. So it's a lovely social day, but it's also, you know, quiet time to tick things off your to-do list and it's a great opportunity for business owners that work from home 
to get out and spend the day with other business owners and chat about things that might be bothering them or you know get some advice about stuff so they've been really really popular um and um it's a small group so at the moment I'm doing about seven or eight people because of COVID just to give us a little bit more space but normally um we would normally have about 10 business owners around the table I'm I'm a big fan of your co-working days, but um, I think I might have you come back to talk in depth about co-working because um, as a home-based business, if you haven't discovered the joys of co-working and um, doing uh, some of the insights that Marie's given us, like someone suggested at a networking event that she should do this. And when we get together with other people, I think particularly with other women, and we are allowed to do some work, but have some informal kind of chat um, I find every time I go to a co-working something, um, I always have a bit of an aha moment in my business. So something happens that I've talked about or someone says something and I've gone, hmm. And so I find them incredibly valuable days. And I particularly like the way you run yours because, of course, they're well structured. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I want to kind of wrap up and just um, let everyone know that um, everything Marie has talked about today will be in the show notes. So there'll be links to the dreaded Asana. No, just kidding. The wonderful Asana. Um, and I'll pop in links to so you can come and follow Marie she does write amazing blogs and she does have a swoon worthy insta grid um which her and I often (laughs) joke about because mine is not that I'm not that girl um but yeah she's definitely worth following she gives great tech tips great blogs um and if you're in Perth come along and check out her co-working so I want to wrap up and say Marie it's been such a pleasure to chat with you as my trusted VA to talk about all the things about running a successful VA business thank you for your time Thanks so much, Sarah. It's been great to chat to you and I love having you as a client, a a dream client. Oh, I'll take that. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you the same time next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Social Circus. As your host, Sarah Thompson, I am thrilled that you've chosen to spend your time hanging out with me. I would be so grateful if you could spare an extra moment to go and leave me a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you even felt more excited, you could share my podcast with your friends who you think would get great value from it. Thanks so much again for tuning in.